Hello, everyone. Happy Monday morning and welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays with Kelsey and Dill, uh, the Marvel podcast where we talk about all things Marvel, including this week, three things that have nothing to do with Marvel except for one actor. But uh, we are here to fill the offseason while we wait for Moon Knight at the end of the month. Kelsey, how are you doing? Happy March. Uh, we are finally hit our third month of the year already. Yes, we are in March. I'm doing great, Dill. How are you doing? Good. Very tired. Um you know, we're, first... we're both very tired, so it's, it's <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not, we the are. First, not the first very tired podcast. I remember yeah. we recorded our Deadpool podcast at like 1 a.m., so like this is not yes. new, um, but yeah, it's, it's a late night. and we have You're giving a me uh, Bruce Banner vibes in your purple shirt, Dill. Oh, I don't purple, know why. glasses, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, he doesn't wear glasses, does he? Yeah, he does at times. Yeah, he does. Um, when he, you know, I'm he's being all sciencey. I have these LEDs in my room. I could make green, but the only ones that actually show are the blue for some reason. Mm. So the blue behind me, it's the only color that catches. But um, anyway, if you saw it. the thumbnail, if I saw the thumbnail or saw the title of this uh, podcast, if you're listening to us, you know that we're talking about Robert Downey Jr. today. What we do is we do an Avengers movie club every so often where we take three movies from a Avenger actor or actress or someday maybe a director and we look at three of their works um this week we're looking at the works of robert downey jr we like to do this just because i think as marvel fans we owe it to the actors to look at their work beyond the franchises we love because they are talented and very versatile humans that we deserve to look at all their works so um robert downey jr has a very long spanning filmography uh, it was hard to mm-hmm. narrow it down to three we narrowed it down to two of his oscar nominated movies as well as one that is just known as kind of the resurgence of robert downey jr and happens to be directed by a marvel cinematic universe director so those three movies are chaplin kiss kiss bang bang and tropic thunder so i'm very excited to talk mm-hmm. about these i've seen only one of these before um and kelsey how many have you seen before i hadn't seen any of these films before nice. Dale. They so were all we're, brand new for me. We're going in first time watchers for the first two. And I, I have seen Tropic Thunder before. So can't wait to get mm. to that conversation. Because that's <laughs> probably going to spur the most interesting one. Uh, specifically mm. with regards to his character. But um, let's start way back when. At his earliest stage uh, in Chaplin. Uh, Kelsey, what year was Chaplin? Remind us. Uh, Chaplin came out in 1992. But I did that's research a little bit about how he kind of got into acting if anyone is as curious as i was take us through his Um, career and and leading up to chaplin and then take us right into the world of chaplin yeah totally so uh just like how he got into the industry was that basically his father was robert downey he's a filmmaker so he was in a lot of minor roles for in his dad movie in his dad's movies excuse me yeah um just some like really interesting facts i i saw while reading about him when he was 10 he was uh actually took classical ballet lessons in london for a period of time Um, yeah like a well-rounded fellow he was actually in the 1980s he was a cast member on snl Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like one year. And when um, Rolling Stone did their, for the SNL 40th anniversary, uh, Rolling Stone made a magazine edition ranking every cast member of SNL ever. And of course, the top 10 was full of your Eddie Murphys, your Jane Curtins, your Bill Murrays. Uh, but last place ranked was Robert Downey Jr. He's known as one of the least successful SNL actors because apparently none of his comedy landed. He was acting in the dark period of SNL times. He was not known to be a very good presence on SNL, which means it's a pretty good redemption story just given how his whole career has panned out. But wow. no, he was not he was not well regarded uh, in his SNL days, which is kind of surprising, but it does make a little sense because his comedy is not of that style. Like, I don't think of him sure. along the lines of a Will Ferrell or an Andy Samberg or anything like that, a Bill Hader. Like, there's similarities, sure. but he's not in that type of comedy realm. Um, and we'll, we'll get to one of his, two of his comedies tonight, but um, yeah. yeah, very different actor. But yeah, he, he had a little stint on SNL for sure. That shocked me, I gotta <laughs> say. And then yeah. in 1985 is when he had his really big breakthrough um, when he was in Tough Turf with uh, James Spader as nice. James Spader's sidekick. Ah, Ultron. <laughs> so now cut to 1992. He's cool. playing Mr. Charlie Chaplin himself um, yeah. in this biopic. Uh, it takes us through the successes and failures of Charlie Chaplin's famous life and career. 
directed by the great Richard Attenborough, who yes. most people know as the old man from Jurassic Park, uh, also the, direct, <laughs> the director of Gandhi, the Oscar-winning Best Picture film starring nice. Travis Lattery himself, Ben Kingsley. Um, he also Indeed. directed the film adaptation of Chorus Line. So he, he a oh, very notable uh, actor slash director, Sir Lord Richard Attenborough, if you will. I don't know if he's a sir or a lord. I know there's been some discrepancy on that, but he's a, yeah. he was a very well-renowned director, so. Wow. Yeah. Rest in power, my guy. Rest in power, Richard Attenborough, for sure. Um, now, I'll be honest, Dill. I didn't take many notes during this because yeah. I was just, you know, infatuated with this performance. It's yeah, uh, I, I, very good. I think when we talk about these movies, it'll be interesting to talk about the work of the film versus the performance. Because I think this is one mm -hmm. where it's more rooted in the performance, you know, because mm -hmm. the movie itself, it's it's very stereotypical biopic. It, you know, goes through the chronicles of someone's life and... I tend to not love these types of movies only because it's sure. like, I, I like when it more pigeonholes and focuses on one aspect of their life and kind of, you know, get more of the resonance that way. Whereas sure. I feel like if, if it spans too long of a time period, sometimes it just becomes more of a Wikipedia page of hitting this bullet of this bullet point and this bullet point of his life um, to where there's so much going on in this movie. Like there's so much of his life to cover that I feel like some moments of character are lost, but his performance throughout is just so consistent. So, um, yeah. And, and not the role you would think for him like, yeah, at first definitely. glance, especially knowing him as Tony Stark, um, mm -hmm. which is going to be also fun to talk about just the difference between performance styles. Cause one of these movies is very much Tony Stark esque. Yeah. This one, not, not very much. So no, not um, at all. Yeah. Did you like this movie? Did you enjoy it? Did you know much I about did. Charlie Chaplin going in? Like, what was your... I did. Experience? Well, I feel like, you know, you go to theater school and Charlie Chaplin is one of, like, yeah. a name you hear time and time again. I mean, I had watched... I, during, you know, I took a semester of a comedy class and, you know, that was a huge, huge character we talked about <laughs> was Charlie Chaplin and how, um, he, like, the famous bit he did that, you know, he gets a lot of backlash for in the movie when he, uh, you know, dresses up as Hitler mm -hmm. and he's playing Agreed. with that, dictator, that globe. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was like one of the things we talked about in comedy. So like, I definitely knew Charlie Chaplin and, and some of his most famous stuff. Didn't know much about the behind the scenes of his life. And yeah. let me tell you, I did not know he was just like running through women and like yeah. just getting them so, all pregnant. <laughs> so much so that one woman in the movie, it's like the the guy because the the way the movie's structured, it's Anthony Hopkins' character is basically interviewing him about the book yeah. he, Charlie Chaplin wrote. It's like this weird meta book within a book or whatever. So yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is an old Charlie Chaplin telling the story of his life to Anthony Hopkins, who's interviewing him about the story of his life that he wrote about the story of his life. And then we see the story of his life while he's telling it. And there's this point where he comes across one of his wives and Anthony Hopkins goes, well, why in the book did you only include three or four pages? Like he did not include much about her. And he goes, frankly, I did not like her. <laughs> it's like, this is one of your wives. And he's like, I just didn't like her. That's why I didn't yeah. spend much time talking about her. Like, yeah, he had so many wives, so many relationships. But I think the movie makes it very clear that only one of them was really so integral integral to his overall you know career path and lifestyle and that was the one girl that he actually didn't marry and didn't get with that was his first girl his first love who mm. later on in the film he finds out has passed away um and then at the end of the film the same actress moira kelly who plays the first girl plays the, his long-term partner and his last wife before his death um you know the the, the one he spent the rest of his life with uh and it's interesting parallel between like his first love and his last uh being yeah. that like that was the the one main through line that like you know kind of launched him into his uh lifestyle that he had um very interesting use of the same actress to depict two different characters that meant yeah. kind of a similar thing in his heart when all these other women are you know quote-unquote disposable by his standards um sure because like you said he flew through them uh which is very interesting like a train that man regardless the role of the character, he, the character of Charlie Chaplin, mm -hmm. huge, huge shoes to fill, you yeah. know, like, like taking literally, on like literally huge shoes. He had like those big <laughs> yeah. shoes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I yeah. love that bit. That was one of that. That was a fun bit where he was yeah. like, um, so how did you decide to have like the funny bowler hat and the cane and, and the outfit and all that? And he's like, well, I wish to say that, oh, like me and the cane locked eyes. And I just knew that it was the one. And in reality, it was like him running around the dressing room, just like yeah. trying on a bunch of different things, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't. 
I thought that that was very yeah. fun. And and honestly, yeah. you you watch these movies like okay, so you watch like you know all the Marvel movies, and you know that Tony uh, Tony oh my god that Robert Downey Jr. does like a great job as Tony. You know, like we all take him or leave him like we i feel like we all love tony stark in like our mm-hmm. own way you know what at I least mean? his performance for sure yeah because yeah, like you 100%. know civil war you know you saw the fan base kind of divided there um sure, some people like sure. to hate on him but even though i am team tony but i will say dill i watched civil war recently and honestly i can see both sides hmm. I'm I'm a moderate. I'm a moderate when you're, it comes to you're civil growing, war. You're growing I'm like, up, I get... Kelsey. You're coming around to it. <laughs> um, I was nah. like, you know what? I get what Tony is trying to do. I get why he wants to sign the accords. But like, I don't know. There's not a time. There's not a situation where Cap's looking at me being like, you're on my side, right? And I'm not going, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no time where I'm not going to yeah. just agree with Cap. Right. So, it's real loyalty lies. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. But it's like he does such a great job in these films. And then you you kind of almost forget that, like, he's a really exceptional actor. He really so is. when you yeah. you watch stuff like this, you're just like, like, he's like totally a different dude. You know, mm-hmm. he's like yeah. totally transformed. Yeah. And I think it's a shame because I don't think the movie lives up to the performance. I think this is one of those movies where you watch mm-hmm. it for the performance. And if you don't know anything about Chaplin to get just an overall sense of his life. But I almost kind of wish that it focused on one chapter of his life more than yeah. just like spanning it all. Because it's great to see him do the comedy and then also be older. But I honestly felt the more effective stuff was definitely when he was older and like, you know, reflecting on his life. I think those were the most emotional bits for me, for sure. Um, just seeing sure. him in that old age makeup, even just at the very end at the Oscars, because the whole thing is that he can't mm. come back to America and they invite him back mm. for one night only to see that he gets this award, this honorary Oscar. And I remember I've seen clips on YouTube of the actual thing, like how big a deal that was. Mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin had never won an Oscar before. And, you know, he was old by then. And uh, just the scene of him at the end, just, he doesn't say anything, but you just see all the emotions going through his face. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Like Tony Stark can act, man. Like he, he's good. And he's yeah. good at the dramatic stuff. And I wish the whole movie was a bit more character focused rather than like plot point, plot point, plot point. Because as you said, he flies through so many women that it's like, it almost mm. feels like it's almost rushed, even though this movie feels so long because you're covering sure. so much, but each individual bit feels so rushed. So I wish it was like one or two chapters elongated. That way the movie doesn't feel as long, but the actual bits they're focusing on feel well-rounded enough. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. No, yeah, side totally. of me. But as, as someone who didn't, I don't even know, I don't think as much about Chaplin as you do even, because I didn't even get to see like the classes about him. Like I've never seen a Chaplin mm. film forward to back i've seen clips of course because everyone knows like the clip of him with the clock cogs where he's like you know Mm. kind of surfing the clock or whatever like everyone knows Mm. that but it's like i've i I wish i was more versed in in the charlie chaplin filmography so like it was very interesting to just see his lifestyle and um just like hear about it as someone who didn't know much but um yeah i think his performance is first and foremost like what commands the movie for sure and and it's beautiful it's a great great performance i do have to ask you though yes accent and dialect aficionado how is his accent because i because i've heard some people say it's not a good british accent i wasn't that opposed to it but it it was very obvious that he was was doing an accent it didn't feel as natural maybe that's just because i know robert denton jr but sure maybe what's your critique on the accent (laughs) i mean like i definitely like listen i can i applaud anyone who can do a British accent any American who can do a British accent pretty decently like even vice versa like Brits who can do American accent like decent decently I commend them for it I thought that it you know I think that it was it was a nice little like subtle I don't think like he was trying to do too much because I think like the second you start trying to do too much to an accent is when you start looking very foolish and it's like you know it's another layer to add to a character you know just like from an acting point of view it's like a whole nother layer you have to think about and you have to like sound and still deliver all your dialogue exactly how you want to but now not in a completely different way that you're not used to speaking so it's like it's like all these different things i i just i i thought that it was it was solid i i wasn't i didn't there wasn't a point during the movie where i was like Oh, that was a bad, that was a bad British accent. Like I never thought that, you know what I mean? And I think he flows so well into the physicality that it's almost forgiving. 
um yeah, yeah. he honestly gave me like young johnny depp vibes in this like i could definitely see yeah how, like, totally the two of them feel very similar i was like almost like oh wait yeah that's robert that's not johnny depp and i think that's a good mm. thing to him too his his merit that like i was like oh wait who am i watching right now like i'm not watching the charlie chaplin um even though i think i my favorite charlie chaplin performance is rob mcclure on, in, in the broadway charlie chaplin i'm a big fan of that musical mm. but um but i think this is sure. also just such a good performance um and it got nominated yeah. for an oscar like he was relatively yeah. unknown at least in the film verse too like just not this very well respected well known super megastar yet so the fact that he did get nominated and did you know I, I think he maybe even won the BAFTA for this the British award Oscars for it I, I don't remember but he yeah ha had such good acclaim from this movie and and for good reason because I think he really acts the shit out of it um the dramatic moments and the comedic ones I almost wish it was a little funnier because he is such a funny guy, but I get how they wanted to capture the more deep and dark pockets of his life for sure. Sure. Yeah. So he was, yeah. Like you said, he was nominated for best actor also at the Academy Awards. The movie was nominated for best art direction. Oh, which yeah. That's I, production design, which is, okay. is what it's called now, which is the sets and props. So yeah. I was like, that's, I was like, I don't think we have that category anymore. I, no, I'm not familiar with art it, direction. We renamed it to uh, production design. Yeah. So it's the set and the props basically. And best original score, which I totally understand mm, because yeah, the, the score was, was good. very good. Yeah. Um, and at the Golden Globes, it was nominated for best original score as well. Best actor for RDJ. And then the woman who played his mother, yeah. who is also a chaplain, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. That was really cool. Yeah, Geraldine Chaplin playing yeah. her grandmother. Because that's, like, weird to yeah. think about. Like, it was, like, Chaplin's daughter. So it would be, like, you playing your grandmother or, like, me playing my grandpa. I was like, that's such a cool that's thing. That's so like, cool. You can say that that's you were so in a movie cool. about your parent playing your parents parent in a movie like yeah so so in the movie about jeff randazzo i will be playing my <laughs> pop-up the father of whoever is playing my dad like that's so weird <laughs> to me um but like that's a cool yeah. thing to, and, and when they have those scenes together it's almost like she's looking at her dad when she as an actress she she as an actress as a character sorry is looking at her son but as an actress, she's looking at her dad. And, like, this is probably mm -hmm. the closest thing to reincarnation she's going to get to see of her dad. Which totally. Which is like, ooh, crazy meta. <laughs> and and yeah. uh, trust me, the, the next few movies get even more meta as we go uh, in this slate of three movies. But, like, that's a pretty meta aspect um, for sure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's, like, you were commending him for the, like, you know, the dramatic turns he had to take in this uh, film deal when I was really impressed with like the the comedy like I just yeah. feel like it's like a, a totally different genre of comedy that yeah. he's used to doing like you know Tony Stark is just like all sarcasm all quips where it's like this is like all your physical, physical stuff like yeah. you know which is hold on I'm gonna go grab a water bottle keep talking about the physical comedy real quick Sorry. yeah sure I'm parched gotcha i could tell while i was watching this movie that you know some of those classical ballet classes he took when he was uh 10 might have come in handy during all this because he was just doing so much like he was doing like back rolls and and falling down on his back a lot and oh what i thought of uh that i you know didn't realize before going into this film because i had never seen it was we actually had another mcu crossover with yes, marissa tomei yes and she you know, doesn't have a really a huge role but i think yeah. this is also one of those things where it's like she hadn't become a breakout star either because this is the same year as my cousin Vinny, which she wins the oscar for but she hadn't won it yet so she mm -hmm. was like still not the marissa tomei um and we have anthony hopkins who is odin playing the guy mm -hmm. interview oh yes 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 and we always forget he's there but he is and uh he is there i think that's it <laughs> i think that's it honestly uh, superman's superman's mom in the dceu is in this but that's a different franchise gotcha I uh, no, I remember like going on IMDb at some point just to, like look up something while I was watching the movie and it's like the one of the first people was like Anthony Hopkins I was like Anthony Hopkins is in this where and then it like finally cut to like them having the conversation yeah, yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah. and I was That's like cool. ah there he is makes sense yeah, Brit British movie about a British actor he's probably in there somewhere <laughs> he he pops yeah, up everywhere yeah um yeah any, anything else on this I mean I think it's a very straightforward biopic with a great performance and I yeah. think we both hit on that pretty well um no, anything yeah. else to say i mean you always give it a rating i would love to know what you rated this i gave this movie a seven out of ten okay i went a little lower i went five out of ten only because i think the oh, movie okay. itself movie itself is just eh, okay but i think the performance sure. is really good so i think like yeah if i was going performance i'd go a seven 
or eight, like in terms of like you should watch this for the performance. But as a movie, I was like, I don't need to see this again because it also does feel a little long. Like it's really long. Um, yeah, I get and, you. And it's and it feels a little repetitive just in the fact that he does go through so many women, and it's like a lot of them just don't feel like well-rounded personalities by the end of it. Um, yeah. Where I was like, I really connected to this one or that one or this one, but. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, that was in the 90s. All the biopics were long and three hours long and all. Gosh, all that, so. yeah. Um, totally. But speaking of shorter food films, let's get to the next one, which is, um, I don't know how much shorter it is, but just the words bang, bang in the title make it seem a little <laughs> bit faster and more exciting. But uh, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, 2005. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Um, I think it's worth noting that A, Shane Black directed this, also directed mm-hmm. Iron Man 3. And mm-hmm. B, this is after the big stuff with his life in terms of drug addiction and uh you know rehab and just his road to recovery and just being in the prominent hollywood eye being out of it coming back into it this was like one of his first things back trying to get back there val kilmer on set said he didn't even drink val kilmer wouldn't drink out of respect to helping robert with his addiction which i respect Mm. a lot because val kilmer is just one of the greats uh love him um but oh shamrock shake very jealous um but I, I haven't seen oh, yeah, it yet I, on camera now. I just saw it. I knew I you were drinking it, but I saw it with my eyes. I was like, oh. But yeah, like a lot of a lot of shitty stuff happened in his life. And this was kind of yeah. like his, his return. Like, I'm back. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. Um, yeah. And it's, it's definitely a new type of Robert Downey Jr. than we saw in Chaplin. Uh, so yeah. I'll, be, I'll be excited to talk about this one for sure. So, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, 2005, directed by Shane Black. After being mistaken for an actor, Harry Lockhart finds himself caught up in the Hollywood scene, trying to balance studying what it's like to be a detective and solving a real-life crime. Yeah, um, I think this movie is fucking awesome. Uh, Okay. I think it's hilarious. I think it's smart. It's one of those movies where you think you know what's going on and then there's like a little twist, but it makes sense. And like, even just the fact that he like has to, (laughs) is like running away from a robbery after his friend is shot in the face, running into this audition and then just Mm. getting a call back for a screen test because he's not even acting. He's just breaking down in the middle of this audition room. And then he's sent to go, study what it's like to be a private investigator for this role that he's only screen testing for and yeah. it turns out that he's set up for like it's got so many little twists and turns and i just think the style is funny the way he narrates it is hilarious it almost has this meditate feel at the end where like one of the characters is so obviously dead but at the end they just get wheeled out in a wheelchair and he's like oh yeah in these movies you know just in case there's going to be a sequel or something they always <laughs> make sure the guy somehow escapes alive with a crutch or two or something like just so funny and it's like it's yeah. very tony stark-esque which i love too um yes i, I know i'm raving about it. what did you think of this movie because I, I mean sometimes i'm higher on things or lower on things than you are but i'd like to hear your take dill it was very fun you know i yeah. i enjoyed myself I, I was entertained it felt this was that was literally the first thing i wrote down was mm-hmm. i was like i said this is all very iron man 3-esque like yes. the narration in the beginning mm-hmm. um just like the character he was playing it was christmas, all at, the very subtle like, winks of christmas that Shane yeah black, Shane black loves I yeah I was like this yeah this feels like it was directed by Shane Black I I, yeah. I can tell um yeah, yeah it, it was definitely the closest out of the three movies we watched this is definitely the closest that feels like Tony Stark I mean it's definitely grittier it has yeah. like a, a more of like a you know I almost want to say like a film noir yeah, almost like LA confidential yeah. film oh. uh feel rather yeah oh la confidential is like what i thought of first i thought of that and like all the guy Ritchie movies i'm like this is like the perfect blend of like those convoluted crime movies where you kind of have to like rewind it for a sec to figure wait what did they just say what's happening like you yeah gotta stop it it's like very convoluted but at the end it like all just makes sense and there's a point where you just kind of have to throw it out the window and say well i'm just gonna enjoy the ride um yeah, yeah for sure and this guy honestly felt to me the character the character he played Harry Lockhart it just felt like Iron Man but if Iron Man was a little more dumb and a lot more poor you know what I mean like it's it's as yeah. if you strip the billionaire genius thing away from Tony Stark it was kind of like function yeah, yeah. yeah and it was fun it was fun to see him play like a scrappy you know yeah. not and well pressed is, guy it's like Charlie Chaplin it's like it's Charlie Chaplin you're supposed to love him the whole time and like here yeah. it's like he's a not a great guy like he's really not yeah. i mean he like 
reconnects with his young love that he he loved when he was younger. That's what young love is. I don't know why I said it twice, but um, you know, like <laughs> he reconnects with this girl, really hitting it off, and then the next morning, banging at her door, apologizing because he slept with her best friend. Like he's he's just, he's not the best guy. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah. He's, he's got in got himself in a lot of trouble. He, he's literally in the situation he's in because he was running from a heist that ended poorly with his friend's face being blown off by a gun by a sniper. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I'm also endeared by this character. And it's weird. It's like this quality yeah. that only he could bring to the character that makes him so yeah. endearing to everyone else around him, including the other characters. Like, um, oh my God, Michelle Monaghan, is that the actress who plays? I think it's Michelle Monaghan. Uh, she she comes around to him a bunch of times when she knows even that like he's a piece of slime, but like she's like, oh, but I like, I still find myself coming back to you. It's like this weird connection they have. And then of course, when she chops his finger off in the door, which I think is yeah. the biggest, biggest swing this movie takes. And it's quite hilarious, but also it adds yeah. one of the craziest moments that had my jaw. I watched this this morning um, and, and I just, my jaw was <laughs> on the floor when the dog just ate the finger. Yeah. <laughs> picked up yep. the finger from the ice tray. Just, uh, just out of nowhere. It's on the counters. The dog comes by, snatches the finger and runs away with it. I'm like, Oh my God. Like it just, it takes so many big swings and, and do all them pay off? No, like I don't think it's a perfect mm-hmm. movie, but I think it's so sure. entertaining and so unique and just the style and the comedy and the pacing, like it's just a very tight movie. And I, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. And it also has like a buddy cop like feel yeah. to it as well yeah. with like his whole uh, back and forth with Val, uh, Val Kilmer who plays yeah. gay Perry. Yeah, which is also another thing that like, I think in a different director's hands could get a little the homophobic yeah but like it's obvious that like there are even homophobic jokes in this movie but it's more like you still love this character you still like val kilmer's character it's more like it reflects badly on the other characters whereas i think it could get mean-spirited in a different director's hands but i mean val kilmer also is great in this movie like i i i'm so used to him playing more of the straight man you know top gun and obviously he's batman but like in this he's more he has a little bit more range in terms of comedy and like I mean, when he shoots the guy through the crotch with with his crotch gun that he has yeah. hidden in his yeah, suit, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, it's just so smart. It's like what it's yeah. little stuff that seems realistic, but it's like, how did I not think of this? You know what I mean? Yeah, there were definitely a lot of shocking moments, though, with the finger and the crotch mm-hmm. gun. And also when he puts the one round in the bullet and then spins the gun and is like, you want to take your chances? And of course, the first one he fires kills the guy i was i was like at the mental hospital oh he killed him okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh yeah yeah i mean so much great humor my favorite line of Val kilmer's is when like he's like have you ever looked up what does it say when you look up idiot in the dictionary and and robert Downey jr is like it's a picture of me he said no it's a definition of an idiot and that's what you are (laughs) like (laughs) yeah 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 so funny like Oh, it's just so good. Like the banter is so good. Like people hate on Iron Man three because they don't like the Mandarin Twister and Twister. But I just love the style of comedy and the pacing. Like Shane Black should just do so much, so many more like superhero movies, yeah, um, or just movies in general because he is such a funny, but also just like smart and tight director. Like it just everything's so well thought out. Not a moment really wasted. Um, getting to the point, but also just like delivering on the entertainment and the comedy. So yeah, good. totally. Yeah. I love Iron Man 3. I don't know what you're saying, Dill. Is there a demographic of people that don't like Iron Man 3? Oh, I thought that was universally beloved. Very much the opposite. It's universally wow. known to be like one of the most divisive because of the Mandarin twist. And pe- people do not like it. Um, I liked it. I do too. <laughs> but, but I guarantee if you go on, if you just look up MCU movie ranking, most of the rankings online will have Iron Man 3 pretty low. And it's shocking because like, I think it's one of the most singular visions of all the Marvel movies. Like, I think it, it has a very distinct personality that only Shane Black could bring to it. And Shane Black has missed before. His movie, The Predator, a few years ago wasn't that great. Um, but mm. he's still at least a, a director who takes big swings, which I appreciate. Um, I've said that like four times, but it's the truest thing. He just like swings for the fences every time. And sometimes it doesn't land. Obviously, some of these movies in the next one, we'll talk about some of the jokes don't hold up as well. But mm. I mean, I think for the most part, it does. And I think having Val Kilmer be the protagonist and being a gay character, those gay quips toward him, it's almost like because he's able to kind of like take him in and throw him back to them. Like it becomes less homophobic and more just like you're, you're seeing it from Val's perspective and it's not like a hate 
toward him, but it's more like a, ah, fuck you for saying that. Like, yeah, get sure. over yourself. Like, like I like his attitude, Val Kilmer's character, toward the different gay comments and stuff because it makes the comedy kind of feel like you know when you're joking around with your best friend and you may say stuff that's kind of offensive to them but like because they're your best friend they kind of understand the humor and they're able to throw it back at you you know what i mean yeah sure uh, even though like obviously yeah if you interpret it as, as homophobic like sure that could be seen too obviously that one character is homophobic that's why he doesn't look examine his crotch which is why he's able to hide a gun up there um yeah and, and that's smart too because it's like little details that like just come back around later that you don't even think about the first time which is really smart no, yeah. It yeah. it was a lot of fun. I just, I read, I was like, you know, reading the character names and everything on like IMDb and I read Gay Perry. And in my head, I was like, so is his first name Perry? And that's like his identifier? Like, oh, this is straight Perry and that is Gay Perry? Right. <laughs> but it's his first and last name in the, yeah. in the movie. Um, but that is funny though. Like, well, I think it also, <laughs> I can't remember. I thought it was a nickname, no? Isn't it? No. Well, I think I don't think his first name is actually Gay. I think Gay is short for something. Oh, okay. Gotcha. There's a whole explanation for it in in the beginning, yeah. but I I, the thing, I, this I watched movie, this movie on Saturday. Yeah. It's I was long. gonna say this movie moves so fast that it's like yeah, it's, it's hard to necessarily get everything on the first grasp too. Like there's stuff in this that I'm even like, wait, because the, the pink haired girl is the only confusing part where I'm like, wait, where does that tie in? I get it at the end more so. Um, yeah. That it, yeah that yeah it was supposed to be the replacement for this daughter to, to settle some sort of retirement or, or uh, what do you call it inheritance fund or whatever and then sure yeah the, the one sister actually did kill herself because she was you know so distraught by the fact that both her father figures turned out to be slime balls and then I love the last moment Val Kilmer goes to the old man and is like fuck you basically like gives him a little slap on the face for being this sexual predator I, I love that yeah there's a plot point yeah. that's not really you know, consuming the whole movie, but it's a nice little end just to that storyline to give some sort of satisfaction to those characters. Um, and, and, and Michelle Monaghan too is, is incredible. I mean, she has this great charisma. She's sexy, but she's also funny, but she's also just like dark and, you know, just interesting. It's, it's a really yeah. well um, acted part. And I think her chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. is good. Um, like you said, it's very yeah, Tony Stark-esque, just a little scrappier. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, totally. I mean, we'll get to it at the end, which movie I think best, showcases him like if you if you want to say hey if you've seen him as iron man see him as this too i think this is the closest thing where you could say if you liked him in iron man you'll like him in this whereas the other movies might be a more of a like if you liked him in iron man here's something different this is definitely not something mm -hmm. different this is something very much yeah totally same. but i think that's fine too and i think it's honestly my favorite of the three spoiler alert because it's you know okay. i i think it's it's the most entertaining he is in all these movies and he's an entertaining yeah. guy in general, but like I, I just love this character. I love this this dynamic of all these actors. It's it's so good. Now I'm wondering what a Deadpool movie would look like in the hands of Shane Black. There you go. There, there you might go. be something good there. There might be some movie magic there. I don't know. I love that idea. I actually really love that idea. Wow. That or even like a Fantastic Four, like any anything. Mm. Well, John Watts is doing Fantastic Four, so. We'll see. Is he? Um, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man director. So we'll see. Cool. Uh, cool, cool it cool. seems like that's his next venture. But yeah, and, and I like how you went to Deadpool because it's like very much R-rated comedy. Like Iron yeah. Man three works, but like I'm, I'm imagining how much better it would even be if it had an R rating and could get a little grislier. But I, I like it the way it is. But you know, Iron Man three, Iron Man yeah. three, I feel like definitely pushes the boundaries. Exactly. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering what it would be like if it was given an R if it you know? it was full R-rated. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Tony Stark and uh, Harley Harley is sewing Tony Stark's finger back on or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that moment, the dog. <laughs> I, I've never been that like, <gasps> like jaw yeah. dropped. Yeah, so he's like the dog like, has my finger now. <laughs> the dog literally went up to the ice tray, pulled the finger off, and just ran away with it. Like so crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, that's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang though. A very good movie. I gave it an eight out of ten. I, I'm a big fan of it. I gave it a six out of ten. Okay, not as high. It's okay. Um, not as high. Was there anything particularly that held you back from it, or? Uh, just because it, it was so familiar, I yeah. think I like when mm -hmm. I see different sides of the actors, and this Fair. was just. That's why not you like Cherry so much. <laughs> that is I why I like Cherry so much. You're right. Um. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the last one, and this is speaking of different. <laughs> we're going to a different race, oh. <laughs> different country. Different oh. Race, but... oh. I'm very oh, excited God. to hear your thoughts on this because Tropic Thunder is our next movie and Tropic Thunder is a movie I've seen before. 
um, way after it came out because obviously I didn't see this when I was 10. Um, but it was in the theaters when like I was going to the theaters when I was 10, seeing like Dark Knight, summer of 2008, Iron Man, summer of 2008. I remember the poster for Tropic Thunder being there and being like, Dad, what about that? He's like, nah, let's not. Um, <laughs> let's say, let's, let's on say we did. Kung Fu Panda was the summer of 2008. Wally, good year. 2008 was a good summer. Ooh, Mama good Mia, year for movies. Um, the Simpsons movie. Yeah, really good summer, 2008. And these are just memories because I remember distinctly just going to the movies and seeing those posters. Shrek the wow, Third, Dale. I think it was 2008. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Shrek the Third was. I might be wrong on that one because Kung Fu Panda was, so it wasn't. Uh, what am I thinking of? Anyway. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to just sit here and reminisce about my year going. <laughs> you were taking a walk down memory lane there for a second. Tropic that was Thunder great. was not part of that memory lane, but I did come around to it a few years later and uh, saw it. I have thoughts, but I'd like to get your thoughts first as someone who is seeing it for the first time. Give us your synopsis. Give us your thoughts. Very right. interested to hear. Tropic Thunder, as we know, it came out in 2008. It was directed by Ben Stiller. Um, That's right. Okay. I forgot about that. Yes. Because I was like, I was like, who directed this nonsense? And it was, of course, the one and only. Nonsense. When a film crew in the middle of making a military movement, okay, excuse me. me. (laughs) I'm gonna start over. I got you. When a film crew in the middle of making a military movie find themselves in an actual war zone, five prima donna actors have to depend on each other to survive. Okay. (sighs) Um, so I, so the first thing I wrote down upon watching this movie was this movie is not okay. Um, it's just a lot of the, it's just because a lot of the humor is very outdated. It's just very much things that, um, Mm -hmm. would just not even like make it through the first round of like proofs or like drafts, I guess. Like, I don't know what the rounds are when you're trying to get a movie made, but none of this would absolutely happen these days. Of that era of comedies, like The Hangover and a lot of those movies yeah. like, that period yeah, of time that totally. haven't like, necessarily aged the best, you know. Any, like, okay, and I also want to bring this up too. It just feels like any comedy that is male-dominated and from the early 2000s is just, like, a mess now and does not uphold like to this day like it, it's it it, it it they all age like milk if you have mm-hmm. a group of men at the helm of writing a comedy in the early 2000s watch it now and you'll be like oh my god these were the things we were laughing at not great yeah yeah um yeah i, I want to also ask your your specific takes on his character because i know this is a point of a lot of people's praise for the movie is how you know, it's obviously a, a commentary on blackface and why it is such a ridiculous thing and yeah. how method acting in general is dangerous and especially, you know, in this case, like proving a point and, you know, sh- you know showing that racial stereotype in such a blatant fashion that it's supposed to make a commentary on it. But also some people say because you're just having an a-, a white actor do this in general that it is hurtful and offensive. Did you find yourself more on the lines of like oh this is like a big no-no or did you feel like that part was done tastefully because it was trying to make a message about blackface and there's no right or wrong answer because there are people who fall on both ends i'm just curious sure i i just don't think like in all the ridiculousness that was going on i just i didn't i didn't get a a lesson out of it Mm. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, it was yeah. it was less for me the, how I interpret it was that it was less a commentary on like the how harmful blackface is and more of a commentary on like this is how this how some this is how ridiculous some actors get and it's like yeah. we're they're willing to do anything and everything mm-hmm. they can to like get the part. Yeah. And but it you just, at least understood that it was supposed to be ridiculous for a reason. Like it wasn't. You know, yeah, it was supposed to make some sort of point. Like it wasn't supposed to be like, oh yeah, he's playing a black guy. Like you were supposed to be No, yeah. You're you're supposed to be like you're supposed you're supposed to not like this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of people came at Robert Downey Jr. for like, how could you accept a role like this? And he's like, No, but like that was the point. It's like you have to have a white actor playing this role because that's to emphasize the point. But I get what you're saying. Like it's totally it's more yeah, more for a criticism of acting in general and crazy Hollywood actors. Because this is a movie just all about showing how crazy and stupid and weird and 
you know, fucked up. So a lot of Hollywood people are, especially Tom yeah. Cruise's character too. Um, yeah. Which is also some, some other breed Who, of something. Else. Oh my god, I'm on IMDb like halfway through the movie because I'm like, who like, is that guy? Person? Like, I I, I want to see like you know what else he's been guy. in. Maybe I know him from something. It's Tom Cruise, <laughs> and I was watching with James, and I was like, you know, that's Tom Cruise. He goes, what? And I was like, yeah, that's that's real. So, wow, yeah. they uh, yeah. they did great yeah. makeup and, and costuming yeah. in, on him. I had no idea. I, I definitely agree with you, though. The, the, a lot of the comedy is dated, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you look at it from the perspective of it's supposed to make a commentary on how disgusting people like this are, I think it works. But it isn't sure. as blatant. It isn't as um, obvious that they're telling that message. You know, the message is not as... You know, I feel like if they're going to give that message, it should go even more so over the top commentating about it and they don't which is i think what holds it back but i do think the two things that i like the most are tom cruise and robert downey jr because they are leaning Mm. so hard into those stereotypes that it that they are so obvious in their messaging and what their characters are because the other characters it's kind of like a blurred line almost um what is actually supposed to be genuine and what is supposed to be commentary um and and this whole movie i think in concept is really good like the idea of a, a real film crew filming a movie about Vietnam in a war zone. And then it actually turns out to be a real war going on. They're actors stuck in it. Like, I think that's a, such a creative concept, such a yeah. funny concept too. Like, yeah. like, cause what are actors going to do? It's like the thing with like method acting. It's like, you know, Daniel Day Lewis is the only man I've ever known who has actually like quit acting to become a dressmaker because he was in a movie about a man who makes dresses. Like normally mm-hmm. actors come and do their thing and leave. But like, what happens if you're actually thrown into a real life scenario that your character is in? Like, I think that's a really cool idea. But I think the execution, especially nowadays, isn't as nuanced or as effective as it should be or could have been. You know what I mean? Sure. It's a good film Um, concept and not as much an execution. Yeah. You know, Jill, I love a movie that surprises me. And I will say, as soon as they, you know, they started, he was like, all right, you know what? We're we're shooting with like uh, the director, like takes him out to like the real combat zone. He's like, we're shooting with these cameras all around here. You, you don't go, go back to like the real filming location until you make it to the hell into the helicopter. Cause you all need to, you know, really feel what it's like to be here. He takes one step, boom, done explodes in pieces. Like, and, and Robert Downey Jr. is the only one, like, uh, that guy just died in front of us. Like, yeah. that's not fake. Like, mm-hmm. this is real life right yeah. now. That kind and, of humor I thought was fine. Like, that wasn't as dated. Sure. That's just kind of like the shock humor that's like, no, yeah, what's totally. Yeah. I honestly think, like, it would have been more effective of a message, I think, and a lesson is if it, if Robert Downey Jr. did, like, a really bad Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a real, like, yeah, because he's kind of doing a bad black inter- impression, and the one guy, in a, the other black guy, actually calls him out on it. He's like, "We do not talk like this," or whatever. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That was my yeah. Least, as least offensive as I could do it, but um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, def- I'm definitely like, like we have to tread lightly when we're talking yes. about all this. I will not do any impressions myself, but you know, you know what I mean. Just no, envision 100%. me doing it like Robert Downey Jr. No, yeah, hundred percent. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what 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 could have made this better. Just maybe, just don't do it. I don't know. <laughs> let's yes. just and let's just all agree that it's not something we should do, yeah. and, and just go are, from there. There are funny moments also, like on the set. Like I love when the guy gets the wrong cue. The director's freaking out. And the, the special effects guy's like, "All right, we're good to go. Let's go." And then they just yeah, blow yeah. up the whole jungle. It's like, oh my god. Like I wish it was more of that. Like just yeah. more hijinks. Because I think yeah, it's just totally. more like hijinks of what could go wrong. Like almost like the play that goes wrong on Broadway. It's like like just everything just falls apart. I think that's funnier sure. than like than you know it becoming something about racial stereotypes and all this stuff because yeah, I and, think a lot of the racial commentary is a little uh, iffy nowadays. Yeah. yeah, and and like Ben Stiller's character, his like main movie being about that simple Jack character where he was like taking on, you know, the character yeah. was. Um, you know, on the spectrum, it's like that kind of stuff is like we can do without. Like we've advanced, yeah. uh, like as a society, past that point where it's mm-hmm. just like laughing at these marginalized groups is no longer mm-hmm. 
funny. It's just no, not. It's, not. it's tired and it's cheap and it's yeah. old and it's. Yeah. And I honestly, we're done. I honestly that. think looking back at it though, like, am I glad this movie exists so we can look at it now and criticize it? I think so. Like, I think I'm glad sure. this movie exists because we can look at it in that light. Because I think honestly, it might have been their intention to make him make these decisions that are the characters are making so outlandish that we're supposed to criticize the characters to make the comedy. But the problem is in a movie where these are your main characters, you're supposed to also kind of empathize with them. And it's hard to empathize with them when the movie is trying so hard to make you feel like these are just shitbag humans. And I think there's a little line that has to be crossed of like, all right, we need to be able to balance the two, make a big commentary about how crazy Hollywood actors and producers can be, but also making something that we can actually like laugh at at the same time. I don't think it was able to do both those things as effectively mm-hmm. as it should have. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, um, Jill, I'll tell you who I was most disappointed in was Jack Black's character. I was going to ask, what do you think of Jack Black? We haven't talked about him. I just thought that, you know, it to put it in uh, in terms of our high school acting class, I thought oh, that he was kind of chuffa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I just thought that he was kind of unnecessary. Like, I I liked the the back and forth he had with, like, you know, like, his whole thing was like he was trying to get drugs and get back to the camp so he could just like you know to eat the jelly beans he had or or whatever he was saying that he was doing but um he he didn't like like supply anything to the group like i feel like you know they all kind of had a purpose oh my favorite was uh the guy who played brooklyn i don't know that was his name and that was his character's name but i don't know what his name Uh oh um kevin wasn't his first name Kevin? Kevin, S- S- like uh, Sadetsky or something? Um, I'm finding it now. Wait, who was it? Who are you looking for? Um, the um, kind of like nerdy one. Oh, Kevin Sandusky. Yeah, the actor is Jay, Bar- Kev- Jay Baruchel, who played um, uh, uh, Hiccup in the How to Train Your Dragon movies. He, he's got a little bit of a cor- kind of voice like this, and he, he's a little nerdy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's my good. favorite. He's good. He's good oh, and you know, I'm I am remembering aspects of this film that I did like. I know that I just talked about a lot about it, how much yeah. I didn't well, like it. Yeah, because it's not all bad. Like I, I think the yeah. the parts that are bad we've already kind of covered. But yeah, we can talk about what's good, and we also have to talk about Robert Downey Jr. himself. But what else did you like? Yeah, about? um, I did like how the ending when they were escaping well, the you know captivity, how it mirrored the ending of the movie, like yes. the like the movie the they were movie making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. How, you know, it's like uh, Ben Stiller and Robert Downey Jr. Like being, he's like, I'm cold. I can't feel my legs. And he's like, that's because they're in a puddle. Like, it's like jokes like that that are like, ha ha. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that. Like, like I said, I, like that kind good, of humor. I think it's a really good concept. It's just, I think some of the humor needs to be, like, if you were to remake this, I think there could be a really good movie where this group of people is filming a war movie and then they end up in the middle of an actual war or even something even simpler like, um, you know, they're supposed to be filming a treasure hunt movie and they actually end up finding real treasure and what do they do yeah. with that? You know, like something like that. I think that could be yeah, a cool totally. movie. Um, and, and then if you want to make a commentary on how crazy people are, maybe then make it so meta and at the end have a group of people watching the movie and being like, well, isn't this this or that or that like really break that fourth wall even further or something to i, I don't know how to fix it but um let's yeah. talk about robert downey jr himself in this movie you kind of hinted yeah. to it a little earlier just that you think he's doing almost too good of a an impression of a black person that it almost doesn't emphasize the stereotype as well um i mean i don't do want to say yeah. i don't want to say that i i definitely don't want to right. go over because saying that i just think that if it was just so outland like outlandishly caricature enough yeah it wasn't yes. crazy enough. Yeah. Or it's like, this is like me doing my impression of like a purple elephant. Bing bong. That's just bing bong from yeah, yeah. <laughs> from inside out. Yeah. Uh, or, or if I made a different noise. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, yeah. something like so like random. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been, I don't even want to say like more acceptable because none of this is right. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say that I did write down like, with him, like, especially in this role, and I feel like this, like, genre of comedy, I feel like now we've seen him almost do, like, three different kind of styles of comedy. Yeah. And this one's one, it was... One's more physical comedy, one's more Tony Stark, snarky comedy. And yeah, this is and this, this is just more, like, it's all in the subtleties with him. Like, there's mm-hmm. never a moment in this film where, like, he's doing too much. He's always doing just the right amount. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
yeah, he's pushing the boundary enough, but not crossing it. But at the same time, it might be more effective if he does kind of go even further. But I think in terms of just yeah. actual drama and nuance, like I see why they awarded him the nomination for this. Obviously, he wasn't going to win because he was up against Heath Ledger that year for the Joker. Yeah. And no one was going to beat him, rightfully right. so, because it's the best performance I've ever seen. But, yeah. you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you know, I, I get why the Academy awarded it because also, you know, I, I think in the time they were well, uh, well-intentioned and they I think they did want to make a commentary about how it is wrong to make you know, to do blackface and like this was their way of doing that and emphasizing Yeah, totally. That. I almost wish maybe, maybe you keep it as is, but you have a black director maybe, that would help maybe, or a black writer maybe. just like trying to like yeah. iron some stuff out. Um, No pun intended, iron, Iron Man. Um, <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, like I, I, I don't know what to, how to really fix it uh, to make it better, but like yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good ideas in there and like good commentaries even. I think the idea of having a character, an actor who feels like he has to go so method into doing blackface. Like, I think that's an interesting, like, story element. Like, that's a very interesting commentary. It's just, like, how it's used and how much it's used and in what light and how much we empathize with him, how crazy or over the top it is. Like, all those elements have to come into play. Um, sure. And, yeah, and he's not doing a bad job. I think for what he's given and the script he has, like, this is the best he could do. Um, I, I think it's definitely the weakest of the three performances, if, if I'm being honest. Like, I would have much... Sure rather seen him nominated for kiss kiss bang bang than this especially in a year with the dark knight there's no use nominating four other actors against heath ledger just nominate one because it was very clear no one else deserved it more than heath ledger but yeah i don't know it's yeah. interesting because in this film it he almost feels like the straight man but he's mm -hmm. but he's like a total character at the same time do you know yeah. what i mean mm -hmm. and it's like it's hard to like have that balance between those two things because yeah. I, I just think, like, maybe the other four are just so ridiculous around him. And it also feels like he's the one character that's trying to, like, keep the group together, like, keep all the plates spinning at the same time. I will say, like, the funniest moments when it came to his character was when they would be like, what are you still doing in character? We know we're not filming the movie yeah. anymore. And he's like, honestly, I have no idea. I don't think I can get out of it at this point. Right, yeah. And that's funny if it wasn't such a crazy stereotype he was doing um yeah, or offensive stereotype he was doing but um for sure yeah it's 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 a very interesting film and i think it's one of those films that doesn't age as well but i think it's still important to have to talk about um just for yeah, what I, it you know the t t type of comedy and the type of conversations it was having in 2008 before like black lives matter became such a prominent thing and before like just movies in general were a little less censored and blockbusters and franchising was a lot different back then. Like, I think it's an interesting like cultural artifact more than it is a good movie. If that makes sense. You know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, Dill, like while I was watching it, I was texting him was like, maybe we shouldn't do Tropic Thunder because I was like, so afraid. I was like, mm -hmm. we're, I was like, we're going to be walking through a landmine when well, we're are, talking about this movie. No pun intended. Um, But no, there are people who do really like this movie. And I think it's because they do, really see it as an effective commentary toward blackface and stereotypes. And they really do resonate with that character and say like, Oh, that is such an effective thing to show us that blackface is wrong. A lot of people have taken that stance too, saying like, this is such a good way to show people how ridiculous it is. And if that's the case, if that's what you get from it, I think that the movie did a good job then. Um, but it's also, there's a lot of other humor in there too. Like you said, with just him depicting the autistic guy and all that stuff too. Like that's, that's, I think a little uh, dated for sure um a yeah. lot dated <laughs> um but yeah, this is, yeah. It's, like, people do like this movie people genuinely like and i do think it's like it's well shot i think it's well made like the sets are cool the actual like use of the landscape and environment is cool i think for most part the performances are okay like i like i like tom cruise he, he goes so over the top that it works like it's just yeah. something different from it, which i like the makeup is great uh in making robert downey jr actually look that way it's kind of scary <laughs> how good it is um yeah yeah, but I think it has some good elements of filmmaking in it. Yeah. Someone who I was surprised to see in this movie was Matthew McConaughey and how he <laughs> had one. his he had his own like arc. He was a very much a side character, but he had his yeah. own little arc of like, oh, am I gonna help my one and only client or like am I gonna like get my own private jet? And like he yeah. shows up in the jungle and like saves their lives. And I was and like, another Matthew commentary, another commentary of like a, a type of agent actor relationship, which I think is also sure. interesting. Like I think there's interesting stuff in here. I, I don't I don't think it's a total pan. I honestly think I'd 
rather enjoy watching this more than like a chaplain again, only because I feel like I think I'd get more out of it watching it to look at it in the perspective of 2008 versus now and just look at the different elements and performances and, you know, what it means and what it has to say about movie making in Hollywood in general. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad film. I, I would give it a six. I think it's very middle of the road. Um, I, I think it's uh, a good concept, not the best execution, but I think it's, you know, it's got some stuff there that I think is worth talking about and looking at. So I give it a yeah. six. Um, I gave it a little bit of a lower score deal. I gave it a three. Okay. Yeah. I knew you were going to go low with it, but, but Hey, I can definitely say I saw it for better <laughs> or for worse. And I just, it's just not a movie that I'd ever go back and, and rewatch again. Like yeah. Chaplin, I could see myself watching again on like a, a rainy day, a hangover day, if you will. Um, or e- even like Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Like you and I have such different interpretations of hangover movies. Like yeah, I wouldn't watch yeah, any of these do. three. Honestly, uh, maybe you know, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang is too smart. Like too much going on for me to enjoy. Yeah, that. there's like, too much to. Pay you think more like to. like slow, laid back. Whereas yeah. I, I like to watch more like slow and indie and like. Yeah, my hangover movies are more like get me laughing, bring me back to life type thing. Oh, you know I mean? okay. No, mine are like, I'm dead anyway, so but you not might like as Tropic well. Thunder laughing. Like, I'm talking like, like, like smart, funny. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Intelligent humor. Like a good rom-com. Like, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Great, great hangover movie, oh, you know? Oh, God. Do you not like I, that movie? I, I don't like that movie. And it's because I have, I watched that movie in such a bad, like, circumstance that I now just okay. attach that movie to this circumstance okay, okay. i was i i watched i watched it in college there was a huge snowstorm i ordered food the place that i ordered food from like through doordash was closed because of the snowstorm and so doordash was telling me the whole time oh the restaurant's making your food the restaurant's making your food they were never making my food they mm. were closed so then i had okay. so then i was starving for hours like had to call for another place. I made a poor pizza delivery man come out in a snowstorm because like I didn't have any food in my dorm. And now <laughs> all the while I'm trying to watch this movie and I'm like, I can't even enjoy this anymore because I'm hangry. Okay. I'm tired. I'm upset. It's snowing. I got to go. Okay. So well, anyway, that, that's right, my so quick let me, let me try to pull another one out of my ass that you <laughs> Yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah, like I have 13 going on 30 is classic. Um, like anything like rom-com that's like sweet, kind of you know romantic. That is what a rom-com is. Um, <laughs> yeah, a big sick a romantic... is a good one. I just watched that the other night. Yeah, good. good. I had a I had a good time. Yeah, I fell asleep on it, so I don't know how it ends. But I will oh rewatch that one day. The movie What If actually stars the girl who is in The Big Sick, Emily uh, Zoe Kazan, mm-hmm. with Daniel Radcliffe and Adam Driver, and that is a good movie. Uh, it's what called if? What If. Yeah, yeah, it's on Prime. Watch it, because okay. that's another good That's another good rom-com. Like, I think rom-com is my go-to hangover. Sure. Right. Or, like, a really good action movie. Hey, but different strokes for different folks. Yeah, but, but you know, I like the bleak indie choice, like, you know, like, <laughs> let me sit and wallow for three hours and get yeah. over this hangover. I like that's, that approach, too. It's good. That's my approach. I yeah. will say, Dill, I noticed that at some point in this film, um, he was wearing a pair, uh, RDJ was wearing a pair of like multicolored glasses they were blue or yellow or something and i just yeah, wrote yeah. down i'm like does he have it in his contract that he has to wear like colored sunglasses in every role he takes because that uh-huh. appears to be his thing is like yeah. he's wearing like he's yellow wearing shades. Right, he's wearing them right down there too like, yeah there he is he's got he's got this tony Stark glasses on right there um but yeah those are the three movies if you had to recommend one like as your favorite i mean obviously you ranked chaplin your best but like would you say like if someone asked, hey, I like him as Tony Stark, what else should I watch? What would you say? Honestly, I would turn someone in the direction of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Ba- What's it called? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I would take a page out of your book, Dill. I would do it too. I'd say, you know, if you liked him as Tony Stark, here's Tony Stark, but like without his life together. Yeah, um, essentially, but if, yes. but if I had to be like, you want to see something completely different? Watch Chaplin. Or I could say, you want to see something completely different? Watch Tropic Thunder. You want to see something completely <laughs> inappropriate? <laughs> Tropic Thunder. <laughs> you want to see something completely offensive? <laughs> no. Yes. Um, 
And there were other movies. I mean, Sherlock Holmes is another good one we didn't get to cover, but again, like, I don't yeah. love those movies, but I think he's good in them. Um, was he also nominated for an Oscar for that? No. Golden Globe. He won a Golden Globe for it. Oh, okay. Um, one for That's Golden Globe thinking. actor, best actor in a comedy for that. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, Doolittle was a piece of garbage, but if you want to see Robert Downey Jr. pull something out of a dragon's butthole, then watch that. Um, there's a scene where he literally has to get gold out of a dragon's butthole and like the dragon's like breathing fire every time he touches the butthole. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Mm, it's about a movie about a guy who can talk to animals and it becomes that. Um, so yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Not the like best Dr. Doolittle? Yeah, he's Dr. Doolittle, but he's okay. like going on weird adventures and I don't know. Um, none of the gotcha. Doolittle movies have been very good. Actually, we I covered one last month on Picture This. It, it, it was not that good. So Oh, I kind of really wanted to watch his like first. It said that it was his first leading role. It was a movie with him and Molly Ringwald. What was it called? Oh, it's a rom com from the eighties. It's called like first. It's called like oh oh no. It's called like the the sidekick or something. I'm not getting that at all. Let me let me see. I mean, just Chaplin was the first one that like made him like a huge star. But uh, let me see, Hearts and Souls. No, yeah, no. only you with Marissa Tomei. Um, Less than zero. Johnny Be Good. True Believer. Chances are, Pound. What or the or like first for the first time or the first kiss or something. something I'm not getting that lines. at all. <laughs> Hearts and Souls. Hold um, on. The Singing Detective. Ali McBeal was a TV show he was on. The um, Pickup Artist, 1987. I did not even come across that in my. Where is that? Oh, um, I don't know. It's okay. on IMDb. Interesting. A womanizer meets his match when he falls for a woman in debt to the mafia. Cool. Oh, that took so that description took a turn. Can we ever do another pass through of these actors eventually down the line? Because we're going to need to fill up episodes for years and years to come. Because the MCU will never die. Um. I think, you know, if we revisit this, we can, we. We, can, we can look at that. We can look at Sherlock Holmes. We can look at uh, Zodiac, which also stars Mark Ruffalo, which is just one of the best films ever made. So, like, I think it would be fun to look at just other movies of his. Um, maybe we'll save Zodiac for Mark Ruffalo. Because mm. you know Mark Ruffalo. I'm, I'm, I'm putting 13 going on 30 on the ballot. Because it must I be know. There. Yes, it is my favorite rom-com, so it must be there. Um, That's what were fine. you going to say? No, Zodiac, good hangover movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's Have you like seen it? long and mellow. Yeah, a few times. Okay. Okay. So you like Zodiac. Okay. So I like Zodiac. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And I like um, thirteen going on thirty. There you go. So then we just have to find another one that fits the the trifecta. Uh, maybe the kids but are all right. Even though it does off. seem like we are teasing a Mark Ruffalo uh, movie club, we are not. We're not. Unfortunately, not. next week we are not doing that. We are doing something a little bit more shocking. <laughs> Kelsey, what are we doing next week? We are ranking the MCU's top 10 most shocking moments. Jaw-dropping moments, people. Not, Not counting, counting deaths, deaths though. Because we, we rank deaths already, which, you know, only one podcast is ranking deaths because we don't want to get two morbid on y'all. Um, yeah. But yeah, next week we're going to count down our top 10 most shocking MCU moments. Um one of them may be a little bit of an asterisk. It might be kind of a death, kind of not, but we'll see. Because I know what my number one would be, but if it's a stretch, I can replace it. But um, Okay. We'll get there when we get well, there. That, well, don't teams. tell me because I want to be surprised. Um, yeah, so that's that's what's happening next week. And then the week after that, we'll find something else to do. It is March, so maybe some March Madness, maybe some brackets going on soon. Maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll yeah, see. We're doing a bracket. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Kelsey, where can I find <laughs> you? You gave it away. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> You can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You can find me on TikTok at Cause13, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cause Productions. You ever have your hands on your jeans or pants so long that like you start your hands start to sweat and now you just Does do you ever put on a new pair of jeans and your the ink comes off? Yeah, no, your I know hands? what that is. I'm not talking about that. Oh. I'm just talking about just like sweat in general, just being like, oh, I'm like uncomfortable now. I should it's warm. It was warm in the city today. I should not be wearing jeans. Anyway. Uh, you can find me at Dylan underscore. I'm tired. Sorry, I'm tired. Uh, Dylan underscore Redazzo on Twitter. Dylan Redazzo 417 on TikTok. And here at the Dill Pickle Movie Network, if you're watching on video, please thank you. Subscribe, like, comment. That'd be great. Uh, if you're listening to us on audio on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, any of those platforms, thank you. Um, we're getting a lot of good audience from around the world, so I figured it might be fun before we go 
to shout out some of our international folks listening because uh, okay. I get a tab. I, I get a tab of weekly listeners. So these are not listeners like if you listen one time in um, Sweden, it, you do not go toward the stats. Sorry, mm. but if, like these are our weekly listeners. These the are regulars. Have, these are regulars. These are ones that have listened to at least ten podcasts uh, in the last like three months or whatever. So like that's like a good measure. Um, so let us shout out that. Uh, community, I would like to do that because I think it's going to be a fun way to, you know, shout out our, our uh, international folks. So, from the countries, uh, thank you to our United States listeners, to our twelve percent in the Netherlands, thank you, to cool. our five, to our five percent in Germany. Wow, thanks. Um, I don't know how to say thank you. Danke, Danke, Shane. I don't know. I think um, Danke, Shane, or something. I don't know. Iceland, three percent of you in Iceland. Thank you. Stay warm. Um, Canada, there's less than one percent of you, but thank you, Canadians. French, France, thank you so much. Uh, the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, thank you so much for listening. Wow. Uh, is, yeah, my brother's going to Jordan in May, so I'm going to ask him if he, wow. if he can pass the spread the word so we can get one percent. <laughs> Um, of Jordan listeners, but we have also less than 1% from Sweden, Brazil, Indonesia, Senegal, Japan, Mexico, Belgium, Panama, New Zealand, Australia, good eye, Mike, Egypt, <laughs> I just lost that viewer, uh, Philippines, Saudi Arabia, the United Kingdom, Thailand, and Greece. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, wow. I just wanted to shout that out because it's so cool to hear how many people around the world are listening to us um, talk about Marvel every single week. I and mean, we hope we're keeping you entertained until Moon Knight does start because it's been a long off season from Spider-Man to Moon Knight. Uh, so there's mm -hmm. a lot to fill, especially because Morbius decided to move to April 1st, um, which actually reminds me, we're getting Moon Knight and Morbius in the same week. So we're actually going to be coming back on the 4th to talk about both of those things, believe it or not, April 4th. So that'll double be Double feature. We're going to get a double feature, but it'll all just be one podcast. And you'll have to stay tuned. Actually, maybe not. Maybe we'll do a twofer. Or maybe we'll just save Moon Knight for the next week or Morbius for the next week. Maybe we save Morbius for the next week. It delayed on us. We can delay on it. Um, any of those cool. countries specifically cool to you, Kels? Any, any, any I mean, I, I really want to go to New Zealand one day. So the fact that we have some listeners there, how fun. Yeah. If you Let's are hang. listening, and yeah, if you're listening in New Zealand and you have a, a cheap and efficient way to get Kelsey sublet. there, get Kelsey there, sublet, um, and entertain Kelsey while she's there because she would love to go to New Zealand and be part of all the Hobbiton, Lord of the Rings shit going on down there. Uh, you do have to watch Lord of the Rings first if you ever go to New Zealand, though, because okay, you need to be fine. cultured. Um, anyway, okay. thank you guys so much. Legally for required. All over the world. We'll see you next time. Enjoy your shamrock shakes. We'll see you next time.